We're about to be in the last chapter of Romans, where we've been for some months. Keep in mind that Romans is a letter, and so Paul begins closing his letter. He takes several steps before he actually lands the plane, but uh, he's, he's doing a lot of greeting of people in what we're looking at today. He's wanting to come to Rome to get their support for his Spain mission. And he, he needs to connect with them because he's not met the church before as a whole. Though Paul had never been to Rome. He had connections with several people who were members of the church in Rome. Paul loved and appreciated these people and so was able to enhance his relationship with the church by um, sending his greetings. The ministry and mission of the gospel creates friendships that cross borders. And that's one of the great joys of being a believer in Christ. In sending his greetings, Paul highlights his appreciation for many of those that he knows. Some of them have been his fellow workers in Christ in various mission efforts. Though at first glance, this text can sound like just a list of names of people you don't know. It doesn't sound very exciting. We actually see how the gospel creates loving relationships that connect us to God's people around the world. And we can reflect on how we appreciate those whom Christ has put in our lives that have helped and encouraged us in our growth in Christ. So remember, all scripture is inspired by God, is God-breathed, and profitable for teaching. So this is good for us, right? So, so let's look at chapter 16 in Romans, verses 1 to 16, and I'll read it. He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centurion, that you may welcome her in the, in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet, Pis greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house, Greet my beloved Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, my, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stagius. Greet Apellus, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Tryphena and Tryphosa. Greet the beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Aren't you glad you didn't have to read that? Yeah, so let's pray that, that God can help us with this text. Father, we, we need you, your spirit, to help us to lift out some truth that helps us we thank you, Father, for Paul's relationships that he, he's able to connect with these people, but we don't know them. And, and so 
we need your spirit to, to guide us, to guide our hearts into what you gave us. You gave this word to your church for the centuries, not just for Paul's day. So help us to see what you mean in it for us. Grant us, Father, may it cause us to love Christ more as a result and to love his people more as a result of having been in this text today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, is there anybody here named Phoebe? Anybody have Phoebe in their name anywhere? Does anybody know any Phoebes? Okay, we, we have a couple who know some Phoebes. So there's not enough Phoebes in the world, I think. Paul begins his personal commendations and greetings by commending Phoebe to the church in Rome. Letters of commendation were needful in the ancient world because uh, people traveled and they didn't have all the, the means of connecting with one another as we do today. So a lot of times people just didn't know them. So it was common to, to give a letter of commendation. And we, we kind of do that today with recommendation, letters of recommendation for people getting involved with different ministries. Uh, it's very likely that Phoebe was the one who delivered the letter to the church in Rome. Paul calls Phoebe a servant of the church in Centre, which was a port city in Corinth, Greece. And the word for servant here could also be translated deacon. So she was either a just, just a servant or she was officially a deacon in the church. Uh, either way, she was a, a, an extraordinary servant of the church in, in Rome. Paul commends Phoebe to them that they might welcome or receive her in the Lord in a, in, as a sister in Christ in a way that's worthy of, 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 uh, of, of God's people. And he commends her so that they will help her with whatever she needs. And the reason they should help her is that she has been a patron of others. In other words, she's helped out people, probably through finances and hospitality. She's helped out Paul. She's helped out others. She's been a supporter of God's work. She's, she probably is wealthy, but whether she is or not, she's been recognized to be a, a great helper to the people of God. Some people, like Phoebe, are great, multi-purpose, broadly gifted servants, whether they hold name positions in the church or, or, or they don't. Uh, they use their gifts, their knowledge, their skills and resources to do whatever needs to get done to meet needs and help others engage in ministry. I think of the administrator of my former church. His name was Chuck. He had been the commander at the Coast Guard base, and he retired, and he came on staff with our church. He... Um, he is one of those get-it-done type of people who was both able to organize and mobilize others to accomplish ministry tasks, as well as having a servant's heart in meeting people's needs. He was a humble guy, but he, was, he had a strong presence, and he, he, he was a, just a, a servant of servants in the church. In verses 3 to 16, Paul greets 26 people. 26 people. He's not listing them as a mere formality. He's expressing genuine love in Christ. One of the great joys of being a Christian for a while is you develop more and more connections with other believers who are scattered in various cities, states, and countries. Over the years that we've been at Harvest, several times people from our former church have come and visited, and it's been just a great joy to see them again, to, to reconnect with them. And, of course, we have relationships with people in India and Nepal and Africa and Europe and all over the country because of being in God, part of God's church among God's people. 
So the first two people that Paul asks them to greet, asks the, the, the church to greet, are Prisca, also known as Priscilla, and Aquila. Now, they're probably the only two, if you've read your Bible over the years, you may have come across them in the book of Acts. They're, they're mentioned several times, as well as some of Paul's other letters, Priscilla or Prisca and Aquila. He said, they're my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. He met them in Corinth, Greece, where they had settled after the emperor Claudius had expelled all the Jews from Italy. So they were Jews. And Paul stayed with them as they shared the same trade. They were tent makers. So they, they shared the same business, and, and Paul uh, stayed with them. When Paul left Corinth on his way to Syria, he was accompanied as far as Ephesus by Priscilla and Aquila. And while they were in Ephesus, a, a guy named Apollos, who was an Alexandrian Jew, um, arrived and began teaching boldly about Jesus, even though he didn't know much beyond John the Baptist's baptism. That's kind of what he thought was the way that you entered uh, God's kingdom, was through John the Baptist's baptism. And so he didn't have the full story about Jesus. So Priscilla and Aquila invited him into their home and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So this is uh, part of Priscilla and Aquila's ministry, was was teaching and, and helping disciples grow, uh, workers in, in Christ grow in their faith and in their capability. One of the ways they impacted Paul's life was that they risked their necks for him, he says. He doesn't say how they did that. He just says that they did it, and probably everybody knew what he was talking about. But whatever the situation was, they risked being put to death for helping Paul, probably because Paul was frequently in trouble with Jewish authorities, and so to have them um, involved in that same ministry um, put them at risk to, to be helping Paul out. Of course, Paul is grateful to them, and he says, so are all the churches of the Gentiles. Whether they're grateful because they, they helped rescue Paul or because of the way they served the church, uh, all the churches were grateful for, for Priscilla, Prisca, and Aquila. So who do you have in your life that you're thankful for today? And along with that, are you serving the Lord in such a way that people will be thankful for you? People will be grateful that you're a part of their their Christian connections. One of the other things Priscilla and Aquila did is they um, they hosted a church in their house. We see that in the beginning of verse 5. <clears throat> Priscilla and Aquila are great examples of a couple who use their business and, and resources to sustain a church plant by hosting it, by supporting, sacrificing, and risking their own lives, and by teaching workers more about Jesus. By the way, Paul greets it looks like about five different house churches in Rome throughout this letter, and we'll see that. Couples who leverage their skills, their finances, their, um, their gifts, their, their relationship connections to encourage others who are serving the Lord have a great impact for advance of the gospel and for the building of Christ's church. I, I could certainly name people here who fit that bill. Uh, I think of Fred and Virginia back in Port Angeles. They were New Tribes missionaries in, in Papua New Guinea for many years, and after retiring from that mission, they, they continued serving the Lord, encouraging people, uh, all the people that, they, that were around them got encouraged. They encouraged missionaries. They taught about missions. They, they supported missionaries. And they, they were involved in all kinds of ministries. They cared for the elderly. Even when they were in their 70s and 80s, they cared for elderly people. Uh, Fred died in 2004, and Virginia still carries on. I think also of Doug and Jody. 
Doug was a great handyman. He was a great servant. He worked hard, and he, um, he served the church in, in many ways, ministering to people. They, they opened up their home to missionaries. Uh, they, they were another couple that leveraged their gifts and, and their, their talents for the Lord. Then in verses 5 and 6, Paul sends his greetings to Epinatus. He says, he's my loved one. I love him. I love this guy, his dear friend. He was the first convert to Christ in Asia, which today is Turkey. He probably lived in Ephesus since that was the cultural center. And uh, he says he was the first convert to Christ. I think of the first, one of the first converts to Christ back in our former church. It was before we were there, but his name was Jim, and he was a, he was a hippie. I mean, he was a real, like, true-to-life hippie drugs and didn't know the Lord, and he just walked into the church one day and came and sat down front, and one of the elderly elders got up and sat with him, and he um, eventually came to Christ, and he became a leader of a children's ministry. He was a leader of Awana, so he was, he was a choice guy. And then uh, Paul talks about Mary. Mary was a very common Jewish name. Paul knew that Mary had worked hard for them. He doesn't say what she did, but everybody knew what Mary did. Have you been aware of people who have worked hard to bless others in the church? People who have just labored hard because they, they, have, they love to serve? I think of Ed back at our former church. Ed, he had also been part of the Coast Guard, and he retired, and he just did whatever needed to be done. He served in, uh, in teaching and leading in a Christian school. He served as a deacon. He, he met needs. Um, he was just a great hard worker for the Lord. And then in verse 7, he says, Andronicus and Junia have been uh, my kinsmen. So they were Jews. They were probably husband and wife. He said they had been his fellow prisoners. Paul had been in prison several times, so it's not surprising to find some fellow ex-cons among the people who were there. Uh, he says they were well known to the apostles. Um, the basic meaning of the word apostle is a sent one, and there were the foundational apostles of the church, the, the 12 disciples of Jesus, and Paul and um, James and, and Barnabas were foundational type apostles. But, but also there's other texts where the, the word apostles is just used like in terms of missionaries, just generic apostles who are sent and who do, who do missions work. And so it's likely that this is what Andronicus and Junia were, um, mission missionaries who, like Paul, were imprisoned by, by, by their fellow Jews for bringing the gospel to the Jews. And then in verses 8 and 9, he greets Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. So he, he points out again he loves this guy. As He also says that of Stachus. Notice that Paul isn't just appreciating people for the work they do. Some of them he zeroes in and for his, his, his affection for them. He focuses on some, this is what they do, and I appreciate that. And some, he decides to love these people. And that's real church life, because as you think about people, if you're just like sum up in a sentence what you think about different people that you've known in this church and other churches, some people, the first thing you think of is what they've done and, and the, the works and ministry that they've accomplished. Others, you just said, I just love that person. I mean, they're just so great to know, and, and, and I just like them. And sometimes both of those are true. Then he says, Urbanus is one that he recognizes for being a fellow worker in Christ. And the question I have is, why couldn't I have a cool name like Urbanus? 
just might think of transitioning to, to that name. Could you give you an advantage as well to say, hey, I've got a pastor, Urbanus. Got to come check him out. Actually, Urbanus was a name usually given to slaves. So he may have been a slave or, or a freed slave. And there are many, as we'll point out, in the remaining names here. There's in verse 10 and 11, he, he greets Apelles, who was approved in Christ, meaning he was, he's been tested and proven to be the real thing. So um, how is your testing coming? It's good to survive the test that God brings into our lives to prove the reality of Christ working in us. Paul refers to the family of, or the household, in other words, of Aristobulus. Literally, just the, those of Aristobulus. And likely he's talking about, then they didn't just have nuclear families. They didn't just have mom, dad, and a few kids. They had households of extended family and, and, and servants and slaves. So probably he's referring to their whole household. And he's referring to the church that met in, in their house because he's greeting them. So he's saying, I'm greeting your whole household because you're basically a church. And he mentions Herodian, who's another Jew. He's Paul's kinsman. He was, his name was a common slave name, uh, meaning he is probably a slave from Herod's household. And then Paul greets those who belong to the household, the family of Narcissus. I hope he wasn't narcissistic, probably was a very generous guy. The ones who are in the Lord, he says, maybe the the whole house wasn't Christians, but some were, and and another house church meeting there. Today, in, in many countries, as you, many of you are aware, many countries, that's all they can do is meet as house churches because they're restricted from just meeting in public buildings and so on. So uh, it's, it's a privilege to worship in a house church when I was in Morocco. And, uh, so, and we, we support Roderick Gilbert's mission in northern India, and he's just multiplying disciples who keep forming more and more house churches. So it's very common. That's how the, the, the Christian community is exploding in growth throughout the world, a lot through house churches. In verses 12 and 13, you hanging in with me? Great. Five of you are. Wonderful. He mentions Tryphena and Tryphosa, two women who are workers in the Lord. The word for worker here means they were, they were hard workers. And they were hard workers in the Lord, even though their names mean dainty and delicate. They're two women who were dainty and delicate, but they worked their tails off for the Lord. I think some of you have some daughters probably going to be born, and you should consider naming them Tryphena or Tryphosa. Persis was another woman who worked very hard in the Lord. That Again, this, the emphasis of that word. She... Paul loved her and, and others loved her. She was beloved. The name Persis was a typical slave name of Persian origin. And then there's Rufus. I don't think we have any Rufuses here either. He was the chosen in the Lord. Now, if you're a Christian, you are chosen by God. God chose you, or else you would never become a Christian. So he could just be saying, hey, he's a Christian. Or he could be saying, hey, he is so clearly a believer. He's so clearly a follower of Christ. It's a sure thing he's chosen by God. Which is a good thing for your life to be so clearly demonstrating that you have been chosen by God in his grace for new life in Christ. It's good to just live out loud for Christ. And it may be that Rufus is the son of Simon of Cyrene. You know Simon of Cyrene? You heard him? 
He carried Christ's cross. He was forced to carry Christ's cross because in, in Mark's gospel it says, and they who were taking Jesus to be crucified compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. So this may be him. In some way, Rufus's mom was like a mother to Paul. Perhaps, just perhaps, she provided hospitality to Paul in the midst of his travels, gave him milk and cookies, did his laundry, took care of him when he was sick. Who's been like a mother to you besides your own mother? There's a, there's a need for spiritual moms in the church. I think of Mary and the librarian back in Port Angeles. Except she and my wife had sit and make jokes in the back row in church, so she was kind of like not a great example as a mom. <laughs> then he says, greet, this is in verses 14 and 15, greet a syncretist phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, and Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Once again, we have a house church here. They're probably the leaders of the house church, and, and their names were mostly common slave names. So once again, we have slaves who are um, involved in the house church. And they're, um, it's, good, it's good for us to recognize that several uh, of the people who Paul greets were slaves because it affirms for us that uh, Christ's people include those from all socioeconomic backgrounds. And note, the reason that Paul names these is because they were leaders in the house church. Character and godliness are what qualifies people for church leadership, not worldly status. And he, he gives us another list of names for you to practice when you go home. Philologus, Julia. Hey, that one's, we can do that, Julia. Uh, Nereus and his sister, and that's another one we can say, his sister. And Olympus are all the, and all the saints who are with them. So uh, once again, these are slaves, probably, because their names were common slave names, and, and they, they meet as a house church. It's kind of like having a Bible study at work, only you're doing the Lord's Supper and baptism and, and you're, you're running a church within the, the house of your master. Then he says in verse 16, greet one another with a holy kiss. Common form of greeting in the ancient world, especially in, among Jews in particular. Uh, it's still a common form of greeting in, in the South and, and in East Eastern countries today, it gets confusing. As you know, if you travel from one country to another, what, how many times you kiss who and what sides and how many times you do it. So the kissing can get pretty confusing, but Paul says just greet one another with a holy kiss. Show affection to one another. Um, so we're going to practice pucker up and kiss the person next to you. And actually, Lori Bredhauer is great at She's got this down. She's, she's a kisser. So... That's either a warning or an encouragement to you. Be grateful that we just ask you to greet one another and shake hands. He says, all the churches of Achaia, that's Greece, basically. Um, he, he, says, he just says all the churches, but he's talking about the churches that he had been planting over the, the years since he, before he's getting ready to come to Rome. Churches in Greece, Macedonia, Asia, Galatia, Syria, and other churches in the eastern part of the Roman Empire, they greet you. And when he, when he sends that greeting, he's saying that um, my, the gospel is universal. The gospel is spreading among many nations. 
and get on board, be part of that room, be part of spreading the gospel among the nations. So some takeaways from this text. Um, one is working hard in the Lord encourages and helps others who are serving the Lord. Even pioneer missionaries like Paul are not supposed to be lone rangers. So there's no lone ranger Christians, even those who are pretty out there in, in their work. It's a joy to know one another well enough to be involved with one another's lives so as to have warm affection for, for one another, to like people, to love people in the church. It's, it's helpful. It's good. Don't think your ordinary life and seemingly small gifts are not doing much for the Lord and, and others. Just be faithful. Continue on serving the Lord with what you have. It's good to express appreciation for those who have, we have observed loving and serving the Lord and his people. So, generically, I'm just going to express appreciation because there's so much to appreciate here at Harvest. I appreciate those who are working with children Sunday mornings and Harvest Kids and Sunday evenings. I appreciate those who work with our middle school and high school students and our young adults. I appreciate our community group hosts and leaders and those who host and lead other, other Bible studies. I appreciate those who meet with others to encourage, counsel, and do life with, just informally, not, not some orchestrated thing, but they just do it because, because they love to do it. I appreciate those who lead us in worship through song and the Lord's Supper. And I appreciate those who work sound and video. I appreciate our ushers and greeters and those who serve at the information center. I appreciate those who are depending on the Lord to live out their faith in their families, in their neighborhoods, in their schools, and in their places of work, who are just being Jesus living for Jesus to the people that they know. Because it's hard at times. A lot of the times it's very hard. I appreciate those who pray for people and ministries of this church. I appreciate those who give financially. I appreciate those who quietly meet others' needs, who help in times of needs, who just see needs and meet them. I appreciate those who clean the building and do maintenance on the building. Those who serve and coordinate events involving food. I appreciate those who set up and take down settings for ministry events. appreciate those who prepare communion. I appreciate those who are involved with missions and mercy ministries, including Young Life, who are on our missions team who support and encourage missionaries, who are our missionaries, who serve open house and pathways and track. And I appreciate our staff and our elders who shepherd this body, who work hard to shepherd this body. So I'm going to thank God. Father, I thank you for giving us grace 
blood-bought people who are in Christ, who you didn't leave them to their own selves to go their own way. You, you chose them. You called them to yourself because of Christ's life, death, and resurrection for them. You drew them to faith in yourself, and you formed them, Father, to be blessings to, to you, to one another in this church, to the larger Christian community, and to the nations. Thank you, Father, for gifting us so many quality, loving, good servants who are faithful to you and who encourage us by working hard for you. Father, I appreciate the people of Harvest Community Church and the blessing they've been to me and as I watch them bless and serve one another. Father, continue to grant, grant us hearts of gratitude just for one another and to be free in expressing our appreciation. Thank you for what you're doing. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.